Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the drink talking with the thinking drinkers, Ben McFarland and Tom Sandon. And mistress of wine, Sam Capon. All the booze news and views. From absinthe to Zinfandel. Drinkage à toi. Hello listeners and welcome to It's the Drink Talking, a podcast all about drink. We are going to be pouring drinks information into your ears again this week and we are out of the studio and we're on okay, location okay, out of the office I was going to say out of the office yeah. <laughs> we're out of the studio on location in the Museum of Comedy again in Holborn uh, a museum of comedy with lots of comedy artefacts and also a comedy club where great names in comedy have come to perform Tom um, Ben including all, all the greats including us the thinking <laughs> drinkers uh, will be performing here throughout December so yeah it's in Holborn in London uh, underneath the church it's a fantastic place so we're in an bit. undercroft we are I got married in undercroft did you mm. isn't it mm. the, in other words for the crits it's well I'm not sure I was led to believe that it used to be where they used to put the animals in, in winter time or something okay but it, basically it's, it's um, got these lovely kind of vaulted ceiling you mm. know these nice sort of undulating bits whatever you call it it is a beautiful space I did do space. an architecture A level but I can't remember any other terminology yeah. I, should also say, I should also say it's a bar yeah. uh, which is yeah. one of the reasons we came here because they've got glassware uh, which is harder to come by <laughs> in the studio so there might be some background ambience uh, which is all cool my name's Tom Sandham. I like to talk about spirits. I'm here with the other thinking drinker, Ben McFarland. Who Hello there. Who talk about beer. Hello, Ben. Yeah, How I'll be you? talking about beer and that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, You're almost licking the microphone. Do you want to get any nearer? Mm, it's going to sound <laughs> quite a nice, It's got kind of like a bit of a sort of tickle on the nose. Mm. It's quite nice. Oh, it does. And yeah. Sam, the Hi. master of wine, the mistress of wine. Sam Capel. Hello, Sam. Hi, I shall be doing uh, my wine chat today. Ah, good. Bit like nothing bit else. Of, bit of wine. I'm going to be drinking a lot of that over the coming weeks in the build-up to Christmas at Christmas parties. Uh, and I'm hosting today, so I'm going to do the spit or swallow. I'm going what to start, is it, Tom? I'm going to start with a swallow. Oh, good. Mm. And I'm going to start with the budget. Ooh, Ooh fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. Not in any way dull. <laughs> talking about government finances. Uh, I don't want to get into the politics mm. of the budget and whether you like... Uh, the people who are controlling the budget. This isn't a politics podcast. I, I hate the Tories too much to want to talk about that. Well, they're quite good for us, business-wise. <laughs> they are. I don't like the Tories, but some of their decisions do benefit our business. Not necessarily my ideology, but certainly no. um, they've got my back when it comes to uh, taxes. So <laughs> it's a very confusing time, people, isn't it, globally? So, yeah, but the budget was good for booze. 
It was actually good for booze. Normally, Ben and I have been writing about drinks news for longer than we care to remember. Uh, the budget would come around every time. There'd always oh, be a be little bad. bit of a, a sort of, oh, God, they've put the price of booze up again. But they haven't this time. They haven't at Ooh. all. They've kept it on a level. So they're not going to increase it in any way. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Indeed, other people in the bar. That is a good cheer. So all the drinks will be staying at the same rate, apart from white cider. So, yeah. Oh, my so favourite. So what they said is cheap, high ABV booze. They will suffer, but good quality booze. Mm-hmm. There's going to be no change, which is in line with our thinking drinkers' motto: it drink is less, but drink, drink better. better. Bit by bit, yeah. Our podcast is getting through to the people in power, exactly. And they made a decision. I th- Although the white cider thing is not as good as it sounds initially, because I was looking at it and. You can have artisan cider makers yeah. who are making strong ciders that are technically white ciders, mm. but and they're they not get... available in the local spa mm. where troublesome Ute uh, yeah. are, are shopping. But then if it's artisan, they've probably got a little bit more flex in their margin to put a decent price on. Well, no, because the small producers, unlike beer, cider producers, it's not a sliding scale. Like with beer, if you're a small guy, you get a tax relief. So if you're a very small artisan brewer, you pay less tax than the big guys. Mm. Okay. Whereas with cider, mm. you don't. Well, that's a shame. But anyway, it's, uh, a, it's a difficult one. Cause it is, because I don't be think a, there's, there's always someone who's got a, a complaint about it in general. Mm. I think Overall, parts though. of the industry had hoped that they would reduce it in some way. Someone pointed out that scotch every £5, £4 is still duty and tax paid. I mean, it's not, it's not all rosy, but it could have gone up. And mm. what it means for the listeners, the punters, the people who are buying it, with inflation as well, the bottle of whiskey will be £1.15 less in 2018. It's pretty rare that they we can say down. that things are going down. Don't, a pint yeah. of beer, 12p less. That's as, good. As he well, said, points, do you think that those savings will be passed on, though? Well, well, that's mm. another issue for the pubs. But what, mm. one of the reasons that he did it was because of the struggling pub industry. Yeah, right. okay. So he's trying to help the pub industry secure jobs in that industry. So how they manage that saving, whether they add it onto the, the punter or not, from our perspective as fans of the pub, it's a good thing. They're trying to create a cheaper experience for the consumer so that they're, they're embracing the pub a bit more. But also, firstly, they can't, if they'd raised it any more... That would have been quite ludicrous, given the fact that we are, apart from the scandal countries up yeah. at the top, we are taxing our alcohol more than any other European nation. Mm. And but why do we? I mean, we don't care about Europe, do we? So. No, no. Well, this is it, and what well, that brings me neatly onto the next point: the fact that this Brexit shitstorm is coming. Mm. They're thinking if we tax alcohol, we're going to have a riot on our hands. Yeah. So yeah. I think they were like, it's all going badly. But as a Scots whiskey, have a drink. Yeah, as Scots whiskey would say. It. They are actually, you know, a massive export. They're a key export from mm. this country, and so slight, you want to protect um, that industry a bit. Slight swerve here, but with your expression, shitstorm. I've developed a latest obsession. It's a bit left field. Have you ever? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh God, this could be bad, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I've started looking up the food ratings of my favourite restaurants. Yes. Oh, oh right. Yeah. So this is. Yeah, okay. You know, now, this is a swerve, but it's a good yeah. one. <laughs> It's a good one. It's a good uh, one. Uh, you get the food gov. Or, no, the, the food gov website. You can. The last podcast we mentioned having a kebab in Bristol mm. yeah. because I was sober. But I'm, yeah. I don't think I've. Had, oh, and I have had a kebab. Well, you have. We wrote a book about kebabs. Yeah. We were but very sober. Did you look up the rating? Yeah, yeah. Because I went in it? and it was five. It was mm. good. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So okay. by Moody still, cows are five. Was yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Now there's a cafe near me. 
which is a one. The thing is, I had is a nice, coffee though? and a pastry there the yeah. other day. And then, remember pastry? last week? Last oh. week? Just a coffee and a, and a paper. I thought, that can't be. No. But if they're riddled with you know what? And You know what? You never know if it's like Ofsted. Like, the stuff that they're expecting to tick the boxes on are a lot of it stuff that you don't really care about anyway. Is it just sort of, you know... Um, red dirt. tape and yeah, a bit yeah. of surface dirt. But um, but then you think, <laughs> are you going for a poo and not washing your hands? Dirt. Which for me is, you know, we've talked about your man in the yeah, in the, yeah, in, the um, in JFK. Yeah. But in fairness, Listen to the last podcast. Yeah, right. he didn't uh, He's wipe not his bum, so that was fine. But there's a BYO where I live, and it went down from a four to a three, and I've refused to go in it. And then, unfortunately, we've realised my, my other life. curry restaurant I go to in the village has gone down from a five to a three, and this other curry restaurant near us that was recommended is a two. Wow. So well, so there you go. Don't go to those curry houses. But do you know as well, is. and I think I'm right in saying this, that in England and Wales, if you get a bad mark, you're not obliged. You don't have to put it on your window. Mm. See, I thought you were. We're in Scotland, but yeah, you have you to. Have to. And but I think they're trying Chinese to campaign. Five and my ties are five. Okay, Basically, if it, if it hasn't got one of those green... <laughs> I mean, I, 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 for one, am enjoying learning about your local <laughs> restaurant yeah, yeah, hygiene yeah. levels. Yeah, 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 five. Kind of five. Five there, four there, three there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is an I think that's another... We could go deeper Yeah, yeah, let's save that gold for another episode. Yeah, it's not quite so connected to the budget, but it's still very interesting. I could find my pub on it, actually. I need to check that out. You want to go in there and maybe do your own inspection. Mm. But how do they know yeah. whether the people whether wash their hands after going to the loo? They watch them, I guess. Maybe they've got CCTV <laughs> in the they? box. Yeah. If I was, <laughs> Most if I do, went to they? the loo and there was <laughs> a health inspector yeah. Yeah. there with a clipboard, yeah, yeah, double yeah. cleanse, and you didn't wash your hands, yeah. Yeah. that's silly. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really silly. Okay, um, so that's, that's, um, that's, that's all right. No, that's much more interesting than the My spit is, well, with it being the Yuletide season, festive party times where people go out and drink, sometimes excessively, Drink less, drink better, but this is the time of the romance. Year. Well, sometimes James from finance. Uh, <laughs> my, my my spit is infidelity. Ooh, um, yes, specifically the idea that you are going to have a drink over Christmas and might commit infidelity. Yeah. And obviously, does that include a snog? Well, what are the yeah, parameters of infidelity? Let's start there. Yes, I <laughs> yes, think it does. does. I think anything what that you, you would be it. pissed off try about. Try it with yeah. your husband. See yeah, how okay. it, Yeah. Well, you've been, you know, you've been reading a book over the last few that, weeks, which we've in my mind is that is infidelity. Yeah. Sam, reading the the, uh, the, the protagonist book. was said he wanted a six month break from his marriage to go and. So his seed in, in, in Asia. Yeah, mm. and then come back and start up yeah. where he left off, yeah. which I know has been Give me sleepless nights, yeah. Yeah, even though it's fiction. That's, yeah. that's really upset you. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's, we're on message. Flipping well is fiction, yeah. I can tell you that, because if I said that to Sophie, <laughs> first thing she'd say is you're not going to Asia because mm. there's too much to do here. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if she'd be that bothered about the sexy time, but it's just the fact that I'll be out <laughs> of the yeah. house. Yeah. In the story, he comes back in month three. Month three. So, mm. so he doesn't even do the whole six months. months. What oh, an idiot. He's never going to get that chance fool. again. But infidelity anyway. is not for winners. It's a bad thing. The reason I'm talking about it, though, is because I read a news story about scientists who've experimented on the effect of alcohol and infidelity. And they've experimented using male... Students? 
Prairie Voles. <laughs> oh, those guys. <laughs> what did they do with those voles, you might ask, as I'm talking got about infertility? Got them intoxicated. Well, they just gave them drink. It's a story in the drinks business. I should credit the source. Uh, well done, the drinks business, for writing about issues that affect the industry <laughs> right across the board. And uh, the suggestion was that uh, heavy drinking and teetotal rodents are not a match made in heaven, according to a study conducted by the Department of Behavioural Neuroscience at the Oregon Health and Science University mm. in Portland, a place that's very dear to our hearts, isn't it, Ben? Portland, not that yeah. particular <laughs> behavioural science yeah, yeah. lab. We were in a uh, lab there for about six months. Th- yeah, and we, we drank beer, uh, <laughs> but we were faithful to our partners. Yeah. Worth saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but researchers have conducted tests giving these prairie voles alcohol. Now, prairie voles are monogamous. They are much okay. like humans. So it was their assertion that is if they apply... Or is it natural? Well, what's weird is... It's not monogamy, but it's nice to see it working in, in other areas of nature where they yeah, don't yeah, have yeah, a conscience yeah. of oh, any seagulls. sort. seagulls. No, or seagulls. Oh, uh, I think penguins. Penguins are penguins? But anyway, so these, uh, unusually for these particular rodent they do actually have a taste for alcohol as well so like humans they're monogamous and they, they are like prime drinks so they thought they would have a go at giving them some booze and seeing how they reacted and they create a a pair bond for a week a cohabitation period they call it and then they uh, they give them this booze and they discovered that actually the male voles after a week of being faithful and drinking went off and did really? buddy up with some, some <gasps> other no female voles. That is really telling, isn't it? Because <laughs> you're I mean, really voles, angry about this. Voles without conscience and uh, you know really not a particularly developed brain. Yeah. And and we're humans. Yeah. <laughs> we're very different in every way. <laughs> yeah. So it was a really nice way to compare what might happen with humans when they drink. Over the Yuletide season. Yeah, and I'm sure they're really on it with. Jane from finance in their office. I bet there's so much jiggery pokery goes on well, at yeah. Christmas the, parties. Yeah, I mean that is the more serious point here is that you know you shouldn't do that. Never port the payroll. Mm. Is, yeah. <laughs> no, and yes, yeah, so Ben and I work in a, a very small company. Yeah, especially with us. It's me and him. And it's a lesson we learned to our cost last Christmas. I can put down a cast iron guarantee to my wife. I will not be cheating on you this festive period. Yeah, not um, with colleagues. Yeah. Have you been ever been tempted, Sam? <laughs> So <laughs> uh, I can as a colleague. No, 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 I just mean just generally. You know, never tempted. <laughs> well, I think it's very interesting. I mean, do you? Yeah, any voles a goal? Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Nice, nice. Uh, that's all I've got. Uh, yeah, I can't um, leave anything. Moving on. Else. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but that was it. But that's, drink that's sensibly, people, because yeah. um, mm. Christmas by yourself in a Premier Inn. Well, you've been kicked, kicked out, out by your wife is, is glorious. Is great. It's amazing. <laughs> you get a four nights kit. Yeah. The number of times I've been in yeah. Premier in with you. Amazing. <laughs> They're much better than they used to be. Yeah. There we go. So that's my yeah, spit right. or swallow. Budget, Funny good times, amazing. infidelity, bad times. <laughs> but it gets us off and running with our podcast. So now I think, well, that talk of infidelity has made me uh, rather thirsty. <laughs> so what are we going to, <laughs> listeners? Infidel. <laughs> if you would uh, like to. Tell us about your drinking. What are we going to be tasting today? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to It's the Drink Talking. We are tasting port. Hurrah! We've had um, we've had some kind of aperitivi or digestive liqueurs from you recently. So for the festive season, I am going to be talking through two ports. Mm. So we've got a tawny port and an LBV port. They're both from Waitrose. The tawny one is twelve ninety nine, and it's the reserve Waitrose reserve tawny port from Symington. And the LBV is 10.99, and it's the uh, 2011, and it's also by Symington. Okay. So port, port. is made in Portugal. Good. Uh, named after a Porto, the region where it's from, and essentially it's sweet red wine. Right. Really. Okay. Like, really, <laughs> Brilliant. There you it, go, listeners. Really We're going to drink um, this and see you next so, week. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's one of the cheapest um, wines to make. You literally. Um, it's made from indigenous Portuguese varieties, which are all quite unusually named. Am I right in thinking yeah. they grow in the Douro Valley? Because I've the been Duero. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duero, yeah, yeah. Duero and there's like kind of three there. sort of main okay. parts of it. And the five main grapes are Chiriga Nacional, Tinta Barroca, Chiriga Franca, Tinta Ruiz, which is the same thing as Tempranillo, and Tinta Cayo. Nice. So they're all these nice quite um, unusual Portuguese varieties. So, yeah, you basically make red wine hmm. from these varietals. Do that for about two or three days. So you want to do lots of quite vigorous tannin and colour. Vigorous. It's a good word, isn't it? Vigorous pumping of the grapes. Give me a funny look. Um, so it's quite vigorous. Come on, Tannin and colour extraction. And then you basically halt the fermentation by whacking in a bit of brandy. So you whack in some brandy, 77%. That arrests the fermentation. So you've got basically got a deeply coloured sweet wine because the fermentation was arrested before all the sugar was fermented out to alcohol and the alcohol is put in by the brandy yeah. which takes up to 20%. They make their own brandies or do they buy that brandy in? I is think they part? buy the brandy yeah, in okay. and it's all kind of monitored by the um, port people. But it's only a small amount and my understanding is the practice started because they were taking wines from Spain to America as they discovered the new world. Mm. And they, they were turning bad. So they only put enough in to keep to it. To keep really, it, yeah. Don't they? Yeah. Okay. But it's, the side um, effect is it's lovely. So it's lovely. It's really easy to make. It's really straightforward and perfect for Christmas. So typically drunk with cheese, I would suggest. Yeah. And because it's sweet, it goes with lots of different cheeses. You've got the red wine element that goes with sort of cheddars. Then you've got the sweetness that goes with blue cheeses, Port and Stilton. 
classic combo. So we've got two ports here. Let's try them. So we've got the tawny, and this is a tawny reserve, which means it's been in wood for seven years. Okay, I'm just smelling the wrong one. (laughs) So the clue here is the colour. So if you look at both, it smells whiny. No, but look at them side by side. The tawny one's kind of orangey. Yeah. And the the port one's porty. Yeah, Yeah, like the tawny owl. Like a tawny owl. And so. It's been in wood for longer, so you get a lighter colour as the kind of right. the, the tannins and the colours mm. sort of break down. Okay, so that would be the difference between a spirit, a heavy spirit would take on, it would extract the colour from the wood and become darker because of those high alcohols. We get loads of different tawnies. So you get the, the reserve tawny is the kind of the beginning of the posh set of tawnies. Um, and then after that you get age tawny. So 10 years, 20 years, 30 years wow. and over 40 and they're really delicious. Mm. They're really complex, and they, you know they've been wood for ages. They're so soft, and they're they're a little bit more complex. So this is the beginning of the proper category mm. of tawny. Then you can get kind of cheaper tawny, where they'll um, rather than aging it in wood, I think they'll get sort of lighter colour grape varieties, or pop some white port in, or there's cheaper ways to do kind of more like bulk tawny. But this is reserve tawny. It's a relatively new category, but it's the more affordable level of the aged posh tawnies. Mm. And I noticed both of them are from mm-hmm. Waitrose, yep. not Aldi today. No, um, Waitrose, Waitrose So that would suggest that you can buy, I mean, there's a bit of a sort of idea of great port and expensive port, but right. you can buy a really good solid Yeah, and port actually that's a really um, good point. So basically, within the port category, there's three main strands. You've got tawny port, and then you've got ruby port, which is kind of cheap, and you've got white port. But for, for the purpose of the kind of posher stuff, You've got tawny port, then you've got LBV, which means late bottled vintage, and then you've got vintage port. So vintage port is basically bottled really quickly, and you age it in bottle. Ah. So it has some time in wood, but you age it in the bottle, and you know vintage is declared like sort of three times a decade when the you know the grapes are just fantastic, and Mm. these are meant to last for years and years and years and years and years. And you buy the port and you age the wine or the merchant ages the wine. Whereas late bottled port... So this is the next is, one. ...is aged in wood. So it's oh, okay. late bottled. It's bottled late. So you basically get bottle matured port or kind of wood aged port. The bottle matured being the vintage and the wood being the Very LBV, different. Which means that with the LBV, you don't have to mess around with all the decanting and the sediment mm. because that's all happened already mm. and it gets popped in the bottle. Although sometimes you'll get some that are not filtered and, right. and they will still throw a sediment. And what's interesting is I'd normally drink port after a meal yeah. and I've had lots of other things, so it's quite rare to actually... And we're recording this podcast quite early in the day without having drunk anything yeah. else, so to go to it now. And I did say it's quite whiny, yeah. but I, I am surprised because it always tastes so much sweeter and stronger than a red wine when you've been drinking red it. wine. Yeah. So if you just go to it before anything else, you really do get the character of the it's, wine. Yeah, it's it. lovely. So it's and, and actually, those are great varieties. I mean, Tariga Nacional is my favourite Portuguese grape variety. It's very kind of fragrant and quite violety, and they do tend to produce these lovely colours, even in a, you know, a still table wine. But the Tawny Port, as you'd expect, is kind of lighter, more sort of orangey and raisiny. And as you say, I mean, oh, you know, lovely. Port is basically... A sweet red wine. It's quality mm. and, wine. And um, it goes beautifully with your cheeses. Yeah. But that is 20%. And it's, and it's £10.99. That's amazing. That is good. But it is 20% mm. ABV. And I it's 20% it like ABV. It's um, it's stronger. Mm. It's str- and actually, clearly stronger. 
Uh, I'm losing it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, this is strong. You know, tawny would be delicious with cheeses as well. Okay. Yeah. You know, maybe more like a I Conte do think, or something like that. Because I don't okay, think not. red wine goes with cheese. Done Whereas a bit about port cheese does. and wine matching recently. So things like goat's cheese, you you want to cut through the kind of the richness. You'd go for a, like a Sauvignon. Champagne goes excently with some cheeses because mm. again, yeah, the but you'd never crack open a bowl of champagne in the end of the meal. And they go port and cheese, but actually, you know, a really amazing rich Chardonnay could be brilliant with a cheddar. Or mm. so. Oh, I mean, by that point, you all just pour whatever's on the table. It, that's that's what the port is something you go and actually get. Would be really fun Christmas Day, literally. Get your Chardonnay, get your Sauvignon, get your Champagne. Get your beer, get your whiskey. We did a Talisker whiskey tasting with cheese. Would that be nice with cheese? That's unbelievable. Big blue still. Liqueur Muscat, Brother Glenn Liqueur Muscat from Australia. Amazing with cheese. Tokai, we covered off before. Drink more, drink better. But that'd be a cheese and matching, a a wine and cheese matching party would be so fun. Just get shed loads of booze on the table. Shed loads of cheese. Punch your gran in the face, get her out of the picture. (laughs) Get Mr Black to punch her in the face. And then just drink. Hurrah, so what do you think of my ports? I like the tawny one. Did you? you? And you know you have to pass it to the left. You know what? Yeah. No, you know, out starboard home. Well, so. no, well, I don't think no. it's anything to do. They don't think it is that. But did you know the etiquette? If you you were supposed to pour was not the glass to for the person on your right, mm. and then pass it on, and they do the same to you. Mm. But if at any point you pass the decanter, mm. this is for vintage ports, it stops moving. Apparently, it's really bad form to go. Can you get a move can on past the decanter? You have to. Yeah, passport. You have to say to the person who's hogging the decanter, you have to say, Do you know the Bishop of Norwich? This is true. Intimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, (laughs) if you answer in the affirmative, if you know what he's trying to say, Mm. then you're, Oh, yeah, sorry, pass it Mm. on. But if you go, No, (laughs) I don't know the Bishop (laughs) of Norwich, as most of us would say, (laughs) apparently the person then says, Oh, he was a terribly good chap. And he always passed the port. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had a cock up the other day. Oh, that's <laughs> well, surprising. I beg well, your well, well. We're back to that book, aren't we, Sam? <laughs> really? Oh. <laughs> it was. I was doing a private wine tasting at someone's house. <laughs> oh, I bet you were. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> private we session. had the port in a decanter. And I hadn't realised that they had a, little, it had a little, like a base that you set it in. And the, the decanter actually had like a pointed bottom. Hmm. And I hadn't noticed. And I was, went to put the um, decanter down. down on the table. And thank God at the last minute, the guy said, oh. No, you can't, you've got to put it in a yeah. stand. Yeah, kind of thing. in the stand. And I literally was about to set it go. And it would have gone all over that carpet. Oh. And it would have just been the most humiliating thing ever. Mm, we, should have, we should do a thing on drinking rituals. Because we've got a commando friend, Craig, who works for Fever Tree. Who was telling us that the commandos only drink with their left hand. Uh, so if you ever caught... Drinking with your right hand. Yeah. They, well, they like, cut we, it off. You don't hear about it, really. Yeah. I think those people just disappear. That means you're a Marine. <laughs> yeah. Means mm. they can tell so you're I always drink with my left hand now, because I think... If you're a pub cool. and it's about to kick off, yeah. the Marine drinking poses. There's an extreme becoming. juxtaposition between me drinking with my left hand, <laughs> thinking Being I look marine. like a Marine, <laughs> and looking like a Marine, because uh, like I'm a marine. quite light for the Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah, but the reason they pass it to the left with their left hand in the port... Mm. Is because apparently, obviously, most people are right handed, and you have to have your hand ready to get your sword out and mm. have a, have a fight. proper fight. Have a fence. <laughs> a oh, right, proper old rumble. Well done, <laughs> Sam. That, that was, was interesting. Yeah, I like it. Brilliant. 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 I'm going to say yeah, it's I not. I'm a big fan of port mm. now. I have to say no. that's, uh, that's getting me on board. No, I'm, I like it. I yeah. think I might. I mean, this isn't. Vin- this but isn't you have to get rid of it quite quickly. I don't know why they don't have smaller bottles because 
it once it's opened, it does um, deteriorate rather get, quickly. Yeah, 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 of, yeah. You can get 20, 25 Having said that, port quickly. generally is consumed quickly in a dinner party environment mm, or something yeah. like Christmas, in which if you're case... Drinking, if you're having Christmas on your own, yeah, for example... in the Premier Inn. Mm. In the Premier Inn, yeah. having done a day on your wife... You know, I wouldn't be too... I wouldn't be, be drinking port, I'd be taking <laughs> heroin. <laughs> Lots of it in a bid to get this over and done with. Uh, looking forward to Christmas. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Enjoyed that immensely. I will be drinking port this Christmas, you know, uh, I will. as well as the vermouth we tasted in our previous podcast and uh, whatever Ben tries with beer. So it's going to be quite a messy Christmas. But that's our <laughs> tasting. So let's get on to our legend of liquor, which is Ben today. You've got a, yes. you've got a legend up your sleeve or in your pants? I have. Well, I'll tell you where I've got the legend. It's on <laughs> my computer, which just shut down. So we might have to take a pause here. All good. I need a packet of crisps. I'm starving. Yes, today... Ladies and gentlemen, I am championing the man who I think, and there is uh, it's a topic of much debate within the beer world, about who had the first craft brewery. And I'm not going to get into the really boring what does debate of what does craft mean, yeah. but this idea that now there are craft breweries all over the country. Who was the real first kind of innovator? And I think it is a man called Alistair Hook. Who in the 19... I'm going to tell yeah. you, that's the whole point of this, this whole section, <laughs> is that in the 1990s, there's a man called Alistair Hook. He, he started and has subsequently sold Meantime Brewing. So you must know Meantime. So if you go back to the 90s, there was a... I'd rather not. No. I don't know. They were great times. They were good times. They were great times. The 90s? Yeah, maybe. Mid-90s. Italian 90? Yeah, I went through that. Crack yeah. face. <laughs> 97. <laughs> 97 was a cool Britannia or that kind of stuff. Hacienda. Yeah, but if you look back now, it's not, it's not exactly the it's better 60s, than now. is it? It's better than now. Well, yeah, but that's a better that comparison you can make, isn't it? It might be. It's, but it's still old, better. But a time it's is, we are in a shit time right now. The music alone. Awful. These kids, what they're listening itself. to, eh? Anyway, I'll tell you what was bad no about acid then. jazz now, Ben. Where's the acid jazz Exactly. Gone? That's Where's gone. the acid jazz? Acid jazz was at its pomp in the 90s. That's true. It was. You're making me. Yeah, see, I've turned it around my, now. Yeah, oh, God. But nostalgia. more importantly, the battle lines were drawn between good beer and bad beer back then. And you had sort of bad beer, which was the sort of big, fizzy lager brands. And then you had good beer, so called good beer, which is all car scale from regional brewers and stuff. And you had camera, the campaign for real mm-hmm. rail on one side. And then you had sort of big, bad marketing on the other. Now, Alistair Hook came along. He's a, an amazing brewer. He studied in um, Weinheinstephan, which is like the top. Good beer. Good beer. Yeah, von Hanstefen, um, University in Germany. The Gates. Yeah, the, the Germans. Yeah. And he. Um, Expel again, football. Yes. Mm. We come at the best of good, yeah. Mm. yeah. Now, he was schooled at the world famous Wein Heinstefen Brewing University in Munich, in Bavaria. And he was also inspired by what was going on in America. He sort of came back to England and Britain and realised that. He hated both sides of that camp. He hated the camera and their dogmatic stance, saying that all beer has to be made in the same way, real ale and cartel. And he hated the fact that lager, having studied in Germany, had been dumbed down completely. So he started some breweries. And the breweries he started were like Mash and Air, which yeah, he did with uh, uh, Oliver Payton. I mean, I, I do know who he is, so yeah, yeah. I've got to feign ignorance to make you yeah, make more sound interesting. Like he started Freedom, <laughs> Freedom, Ooh, yes. Freedom yeah. Brewer, but that's been passed around by loads of different people who've been like <laughs> incontinent grandpa during Christmas. No one wanted it for years. But anyway, so he started uh, Brewery and Pack Horse Freedom and Mash and Air. And he basically was railing against, very articulately, against 
the fact that we have this sort of monochrome attitude to beer here. It was either Cascale or it was Kraut Lager, and nothing in between. And he started brewing styles that were really big in America, doing lager, proper lager in London, which is very difficult to do. It costs more, and you have to store it for longer. And essentially, started a magazine called Grist, which was kind of like a guerrilla magazine against the boring beer geeks. Gorillas in the mist. Gorillas in the grist, yeah. yeah. And basically what he did that no one else had succeeded at that point was getting flavoursome beer that looked quite cool. He had these very sexy bottles that he put in it. They looked like, funny enough, to refer back to our last um, podcast where we talked about Cluedo, they yeah. looked like the little Cluedo characters, uh, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 they were very cool. And he, had yeah. beer. he must have got a mould made for those, but that's quite expensive. There aren't bottles no. like that. No, well, no, no. That's what the, my first interaction with Meantime, I was impressed with the bottle yeah. because it was so But so what, was it, what he did very well is he, he, well, he started a brewery in uh, an industrial state down in Charlton. He's a big Charlton athletic fan. Who isn't? <laughs> Lots of people from the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't, um, don't get many down uh, these days. No. And it also, he started the brewery in the Danner, but he very much embedded it in the local community, made it very much London, used ingredients from around London, Kent countryside, all that. Mm. Don't say it too quickly. Yeah, um, and he was the first person to charge like four quid a pint, mm. which might not sound like a good thing, but it was it's essential. <laughs> no, but it was essential in raising pint, the idea. Yes. It, was, it was a point where beer had been dumbed down to such an extent. And then he, set up, then he grew into Greenwich, hence the meantime. Mm open a brewery in Greenwich. He was ploughing a very lonesome furrow in London. He was doing stuff in London where there were five breweries and they were either Fuller's Young's, there was Budweiser, I think there was uh, Zero Degrees in Blackheath. But there was very few breweries in London. Mm. It was remarkable. And he was doing loads of stuff on his own. And I think he sort of rolled out the red carpet yeah. for a lot of the, uh, the breweries that a followed. Pioneer. Yeah. A pioneer. But I also, remember. he has sold it. Visionary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he has sold it. it. And so now... Oh, what a legend. More of a legend. And it's amazing. I'm friends with him on Facebook. <laughs> and he's How just. How old did you reckon? Half of age? No, no, a bit older. Mid 50s. Mid 50s. But he's living a life. He's at the cricket at the moment. Oh, he's important. gone around the world and um, he doesn't have any children, so he's sold his brewery. Enjoy and, um, life. Well, that's. I mean, if you can make yeah. that life out of beer, then fair play. I do remember, because I was working on a cocktail magazine at the time when those beers really started to arrive into bars. Because in pubs, the pricing was probably a bit more challenging mm. uh, this idea that you'd spend a bit more on it but you'd see meantime in swanky cocktail bars mm. and actually they were the guys who took on this idea of good quality beer because they could charge a bit more for it and it, and it fit the whole ethos of this idea that beer's not shit and I cheap like meantime. it's good yeah well the yeah. thing the, um, really good I, I, still when I was very uh, sort of a reporter and writing about beer more than I do now I always used to go and see him at times where I just felt a bit disillusioned about the whole thing. No one else was doing anything that exciting. Mm. Maybe a new pump clip or a new <laughs> bottle label. Like, oh. And then you go yeah, and see him exciting, and he's though. railing against it and seems to be very yeah. passionate. And he was the first person that suggested I go over to America and check the scene out there, which was the forerunner to us going out going to, America to do a book, and doing a book, which was yeah. one of the best times no, He was ever. one very inspirational character yeah. for us at that time. Yeah. I, I remember thinking... When I came back from America, thank God I could taste some of the beers that yeah. we tasted out there. Something as good in f- terms of quality and, and flavour. And he wears Lederhosen sometimes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And remind uh, me of his name again? Alistair, Alistair Hook. Cook. Alistair Hook. Hook, not Hook. Cook. No, no. He is watching the cricket, but he okay. is not Alistair Cook. That was a good thank you. legend. I like it, and I like what he's done, and I like beer. So and meantime, I'm still working out some great stuff. Really nice Backing beer. Backing it out.
good for them <laughs> yeah so that's it that's our legend him. that brings us to the end of the podcast we should say thank you to the museum of comedy who mm-hmm. are hosting us, us again. again and we'll be in our next podcast so thanks to them and please do come here check it out particularly between the 12th and the 23rd of <laughs> december where yeah. ben and i will be performing our thinking drinkers show come down five free drinks as part of the comedic experience and please um, do get on the uh, socials and the uh, reviewing bits and bobs and write how much you enjoy this yeah, podcast and how matters. much it's changed your life it matters if you don't enjoy better, it don't, bother. don't do that um, <laughs> but follow us at Thinking Drinks and Sam you are at Mistress of Wine so follow us on there you'll find details about our tickets for shows our books which are great Christmas presents amazing uh, and our appearances on television that mostly applies to Sam because she's a TV star <laughs> um, but yes please follow us tweet come on Facebook stalk us whatever you need to do thank you for listening it's been a good one I've enjoyed that I enjoyed that immensely always like hanging out with you guys battered on port thank you Sam <laughs> drink less drink better and we'll see you next time cheers cheers Bye. this was a Grand Crew podcast from Seven Digital ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.